This episode of the Real Life Carry podcast is called Hypnotise That. Why? Well, myself and Neil are joined by qualified sports psychologist and hypnotherapist Matt Bradley. Neil and I will be giving Matt some everyday golf scenarios facing amateur golfers. Matt will then give us mental techniques to help amateurs deal with these situations. You need to listen to that section because I think all golfers will be able to relate to the content and also improve your game. As always, we share some stories from our own caddy lives as well as discuss the big stories from the world of golf. Please feel free to rate, review and share the podcast. However, in the meantime, please enjoy this episode. Hey man, can you help me with my golf swing? Oh yeah. I got this little problem with the hooking the ball, hooking oh. the ball. Maybe you can help me with my problem on a Saturday Okay, so welcome to the Real Life Caddy Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. It's called Hypnotize That. Hypnotize That? What the heck is that all about? Yes, that's the voice of uh, our good friend, Mr. Neil Kirsch. What's up, Big G? How you doing? Very well, my friend. Very well. You're wearing the Real Life Caddy hat today. Yeah, looking looking sharp today, if I do say so myself. Uh, well, yes, true. <laughs> we, uh, we're in the gazebo again. I love the gazebo. Warm, sunny day, 75 degrees. It's uh-huh. it's the real thing today. Monterey's the place to be. Yep. We are also with special guest, uh, Mr. Matt Bradley. Matt, hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Very well. Uh, Matt, sports psychology stroke hypnotist. Nice. Yep. That's the one. <clears throat> so I was, um, I'm over from France. Uh-huh. And, uh, you don't very sound ex- French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oui, oui. Yeah. Monsieur. I'm actually German, but I don't sound that either. So I come over for um, a couple of weeks down uh, doing a keynote speech for a hypno conference in San Diego. Okay. And uh, so I'm stopping over on the way down. First time over here. Beautiful day. Proud to be in the gazebo. Yes. Awesome. Good well, to have thanks, you, buddy. We're going to be talking to Matt. You're going to want to stay tuned because we're going to be giving amateur golfers advice on the mental side of the golf game. So we'll get to that. However, as always, we start with the stories. Neil, take it away. All right, buddy. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on lately? I had. Uh, well, we always have this kind of general, uh, let's say, a theme or problem with people on the golf course drinking too much, right? Does you it know? exist? Really? Uh, is that a problem? Yes, it is a problem. Well, it, it, yeah, it, it can be. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it in the past where, you know, the guy starts off, he's a little hungover. Uh, he needs a little hair of the dog, right? Uh-huh. So the first six holes, he's kind of quiet, you know, a little low key, but he's having a couple beverages, right? A couple of drinks, a couple bring him out your shell, right? Exactly. He's he's coming he's coming around now, you know, by the sixth hole, six through twelve. He's just a nice guy, talkative, <laughs> you know, getting a little more personable, right? <laughs> just fine. Everything's going great. You're thinking, oh, this would be a good loop. This should be a decent tip, right? And then you know, usually you hit the thirteenth to eighteen. And it becomes a really a slippery slope. The guys have gone in a little too deep. Oh, let's just do one more, you know, one more shot, one more shot. Oh man, and you just you can you know when you've lost control of the group, basically, right? Uh-huh. There's they're they're you're out there forecatting, they're on the tee on sixteen, and they're having you know, ten minutes they're on the tee, no one's hitting a golf shot. You're like, Oh, I just gotta I gotta get these guys in, you know, I gotta get these guys in. Because by that time they've they're they're incoherent. They've lost motor skill function, and they're just wandering about, right? So th- we've all seen it, right? So a group the other day, they had a genius idea, I thought. They brought a breathalyzer out with them. 
a handheld yeah, breathalyzer. Stein, Ike Stein there. So I, I love this idea. I, I, I think I might buy myself one, just as a general life awareness thing. What, for, for golfing or Anytime, for any daily place. use? Yeah, or just at home, just like, well, a little too hot there, Neil. <laughs> I could tell you, don't, you don't need a breathalyzer. I'll just, I'll just text you. <laughs> two, two five. Uh-oh. Okay. Put the drink down. <laughs> anyway, these guys, they had the breathalyzer, and their thing was uh, – you know, what is it, 0.8 legal limit? Point, yes. Point 0.08, whatever it is. Uh, these guys went 1.8 was their marquee number. Okay. Yeah, so every three holes, the guys would have to blow into it. And, you know, if you go over the top, if you're 2.0, 2.2, you got to take a break. Take a break. Yeah, okay. you got to get back down to 1.5, 1.6 before you can have another beverage. So they would drink some water, and you know, they were fine with it, right? That's a great and idea. And they maintained their level all uh-huh. all day. So... Some of the guys were a little better better than others. Uh, one guy would go up to, like, spike to 2.2, 2.3. He'd have some water. He's back down to 1.4, 1.5. <laughs> you no, the guy whose idea, I think it was, every time he blew into that thing, mm-hmm. 1.8. <laughs> this, oh, guy had it. this guy had it down. Dialed in. It was pretty impressive. Uh-huh. Like, oh, the other guys were right around the number each time. But anyway. I thought that was a good, good a way for people to control control themselves. A very bit, good eh? idea. Yep. Very good. Matt, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, especially when you're driving. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Off the tee, or I don't yeah. think the 1.8 is a good, good no, benchmark. No, no. You know, that's that kind of thing you can't. You know, from a, I couldn't recommend that at all. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Someone made the point to me during the week that isn't it incredible how if you blow a 0.8 plus, you would go. It's a DUI. But we allow people on the golf course driving vehicles. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah there's been some yeah. disastrous things shown on like social media for yeah. sure. Guys running into stuff, really messing yeah. themselves up, I think, Absolutely. possibly killing themselves. It's, uh, yeah, it's a strange concept. We, I actually should have had a breathalyzer for a guy I had at the weekend. We'll just say his name was Brad. And he was because his name was Brad, <laughs> <laughs> aka, aka, but also known as Brad. He uh, <laughs> he was celebrating his, his his wife's birthday a little more than she was, and he was obviously one of those topping up from the night before, a little bit rough. Uh, it turns out he was drinking a bottle of water, but it wasn't water; it was vodka, and uh, pure vodka. Pure vodka. Water bottle. On the fourth tee, he Ugh. had it topped up with another two. Ugh. And we lost him by six. He was gone. Yeah. And a little Mixing bit. Of, some soda water, right? Come on, guy. Well, no, no. He, well, he, he had a wedge of lime. Does okay. that count? Um, <laughs> this is it, uh, not really. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, by not eight, really. he either sat on a bench covered in water or he pissed himself. Ouch. That was uh, that was tough. And then he disappeared for three hours, and by 18, he kind of came back. White pants or no white pants? The worst one, grey. Oh, grey. <laughs> Does that go down as a water hazard? Did the guy survive the round? Or he whatever? did, he did. And he, on 18, he kind of announced that he was back. Back. And <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't oh. going straight to bed. I'm sure it was back to the bar and top oh, up yeah. again. But yeah, that was that was interesting. But the breathalyzer is a wonderful idea. That's a great idea. I loved that. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was uh, I'd been in contact with Big Jack. How's he doing? He's doing really well. Episode twenty or nineteen of uh, season one. Yep, right Jack there. Range. Yeah. Uh, big man. Okay. Yeah. Large man. Large guy. Yeah. Calls me Wee Gordy. Uh, uh, rightfully so. Yeah. He's he's on a he's on a regime, fitness okay. regime. What's he got going? 
Hey, a lot of cardio, eating less. He's trying to lose 100 pounds. Great. I believe he's about 25, 30. All right. So, Jack, I know you're listening. Keep up the good work, my friend. Good job, Jack. Um, well, give me a call, Jack. And basically, I, I'm, in the same, I'm in the same boat. After okay. uh, the trousers didn't fit at the beginning of the season, uh, I've been in the gym as well. So Good job. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. It's not Keep too it up. Bad. Keep it up. So that's grand. Well, that's the stories for, for uh, this episode. We're now going to move on to stories in the world of golf because there's been a lot happening again. A lot of good stuff. Four! World of golf stories. been some big, big stories in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I would start off my return to golf, personally. Yeah. Uh, that, I don't know if it hit many headlines, but I got some new shafts. We never talk about our own game, do we? Uh, for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put people to sleep. The caddies, yeah, the caddies would never play. But I, I do want to say I am actually starting playing golf again. So All right, good. Yeah, watch out. Um, biggest story in golf this past couple of weeks has to be Brooks Kupka and uh, Peter Costas, both interviewed on radio podcasts, calling out Patrick Reed's Kupka was. Kupka was asked directly about the sand situation that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. Where he, he said, on the broadcast it said a little bit of sand, hmm, handful. Yeah, there was there was some sand flying twice for sure. Yeah. Just call them a cheat. Just call yeah. them a cheat. Like I said, if you if you did it once, maybe, but the second time, you know what you're doing for sure. Yeah. And then he said, oh, in Costas, what did he say? Uh, well, he was talking about uh, not the sand situation, but in general, he's seen him improve his lie four times at least in the rough where. He originally, you know, he's the on-course guy. He looks, goes over and looks at the lie, tell, gives a report on it, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's turned away looking at what the other player is doing. Here he comes back to uh, to our buddy Reed, and all of a sudden he's got a three-wood out of there. It was a sandwich out before he yeah. left. Uh-huh. So his thing was that he kind of wa- – then he started watching him, how he did it. Uh-huh. And he's like, so he'll, he'll get over there and he'll pre- feign uh, trying different clubs out to see what he could hit out of there. Uh-huh. So it's a sandwich, right? Tap, tap, tap behind tap. it. It's a seven iron, maybe. Uh, tap, tap. Tap, tap. Oh, maybe a four iron I get out of there. <laughs> tap, tap. Oh, well, I could get three wood on this. <laughs> Sitting up right right there on the top, huh? Like uh-huh. a cherry on top of a ice cream sundae. Do you have a problem with that? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, producer it. Mike, who's here, as always, thanks, Mike. Mike doesn't have a problem with that. Matt, right. do, you have, do you have a problem with that? You saw the situation. Uh, well, it's, it, it works for him, doesn't it? It works for him uh, in as much as he's doing good lie, and um, it works for him being booed. So it's a, it's a nice little uh, uh, deal he's got going with himself he, he, there. He does yeah. like to be the villain. That's a good point. Yeah, it's adrenaline. It's all about being focused. I think I, I, for me, when other top professionals are then calling you out as a cheat, that you got a problem. That's gotta be tough, man. Walking yeah. down the range and no one talking to you and no one liking you. He, uh-huh. he plays already played all his practice rounds by himself. Yeah. So it's not like he's like buddy buddy with anyone out there. So. He's he's on an island out there and still winning. I mean, that's that's, jo- that's pretty no bold. Well, it's funny because he, he that all happened, but then all of a sudden he wins the tournament. It's incredible. You yeah. had to, you, like, that was some finish, wasn't it? You had uh, somebody sent me a text. He said it's almost like Bin Laden versus Hitler going down the 18th. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was like the most depressing finish to a golf tournament ever for me. I mean, Deschambeau versus Reed. 
pukey and pukier. Oh, man. Uh, who, who do you root for there, really? Well, who, who did Kirsch's Corner? We were getting excited about oh, Saturday, weren't we? Kirsch's Corner was looking good. I had JT just walking around, not even breaking out of sweat, 66, 67, 66, 65. I thought he would win by four or five shots on yeah. on Sunday. He pooped but his pants. Just didn't have it. Yeah, hitting it all over the place. And it's three over after 10 holes right when I happened to turn on the telecast when I got home from work. I'm like, oh, man. I had Rom too. And he, he was five over for his first 27 holes and went 19 under his next 27. That was crazy. And he also fizzled at the end, though. So Maybe they need the breathalyzer above the 1.8. Yeah, there you go. Who knows? Uh, we also had, you mentioned Peter Costas. Right, so we hadn't touched on this in the first couple of episodes, but he's no longer with CBS. Yeah, he got canned. Him and uh, uh, Gary, Gary McCord, McCord both got canned at the same time. So I guess they they just said, that basically, they told both of them that the pod uh, the uh, broadcast is getting stale, and they just need some new blood in there. So they they threw out sixty eight years of experience, and I'll tell you that. Riviera broadcast, it was rough. Shocking. Oh, it was bad. They were making mistakes all over the place, uh, giving bad updates, missing important shots, uh, kind of going downhill. I mean, he said basically that the PGA Tour just wants them to be cheerleaders. They, uh-huh. Just talk about the FedEx points, how many points they gained, you know. Costa said he did an interview with a young rookie that had just won. He goes, hey, you're, you're going to two-year exemption now, and you get to play in the Masters, right? And he's like, basically, that's – all those guys are thinking about when they win a tournament, yep. those two things, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, they say, oh, you should have told him, oh, you, you just got 500 FedEx points. Mm, <laughs> That's, no. He's not thinking about that. Uh-huh. No chance. Did you find the coverage boring on the replays that you watched as well? Oh, or God. was it only, only oh, live? Yeah. Really? Who, who, who? <laughs> Same day coverage. <laughs> Same day coverage. I'm at work. Watch the event. Yeah, really. But to that point, the only thing on that night was the Premier Soccer League, <laughs> Aston Villa versus Tottenham Hotspurs. I, I couldn't, I you know, I had to go with the replay. That, that would be Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, okay. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's someone else who's throwing their uh, their hat in the ring for. The punditry, uh, a certain Colt Nost, oh, uh, cool. former U.S. amateur champion, he's given up the game. Wow, that that was a big, big news story. Shocked the <laughs> world. Did you, did you yeah. feel the vibrations in France when that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just uh, that's what brought me over here. <laughs> did it make, make the main headlines over there? Yeah, yeah. Le Monde. Uh, anyway, Colt Nost, what a career, huh? Big loss. Yeah. Well, they always said he was the uh, the first one into the you know the fitness training center. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one out. Oh, excuse me, I misread my notes. He was always the first one in the buffet line, and the last one to leave. <laughs> Colt, yeah. Colt wasn't in great shape. Did he? Did he way. even beat the caddies there? <laughs> Six o'clock, rise and shine. He's gonna get his three breakfasts in. Yeah. I saw his stats. I said he's five nine, two fifteen. So yeah, right. He's got me by supposedly fifty five pounds. So I, I think two of me fits into him. Yeah, two fifteen. Two fifteen. Do me a favor. <laughs> on. <laughs> on, his, on his best day I I just got a new uh, driving license because I lost mine and I put down I was 220 nice. yeah I lied yeah. I lied by at least 12 pounds right. you know? well, so what 215 uh, come on Colt uh, no chance be he's, honest he's 250 easy <laughs> easy anyway he, he had a pretty good career you give know? us some stats yeah yeah his best major finish ever was T70 
Sorry? Uh, what was that? T70. Not 70. 70. Wow. Yeah. Never played in the Masters. He did win the U.S. Open in 2007. No, U.S. Amateur. Come on. U.S. Amateur, excuse yeah. me. Uh, did win that and deferred to become a pro oh. and not get his invite play oh. it, at Augusta. Ouch. And guess what? Uh, never played in never Augusta. Never played at Augusta. Oh. Oopsie. Ouch. That Ouch. one hurt. Yeah. Uh, miscut PGA. Uh, open Championship. Miscut. That's his two best other finishes. Did he win much money, though? <laughs> he won a little money. He won, like... Uh, Four million three hundred thousand on the PGA, eight hundred sixty-seven thousand on the what is now the KFC tour, Corn Ferry tour. <laughs> you know, now that would be a good one for Colt. All the KFC you can eat. I'll, I'll defer my check. I'm on a lifetime supply of KFC. <laughs> Hey, oh, he won twice on that tour. That's not bad though. Over five million for a very, right? very average career. Yes. So I, I was cracking down the numbers on it a little. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about three. In 13 year career, 385,000 a year. You pay your taxes probably 30, 40 on that, huh? You got right. expenses, 100 grand. Right. He's making about 180 He's or something. Stamps. Yeah. So, okay, well. That said, though, I had to, I met the guy a couple times. Nice guy. Yeah, All nice right. lad. Yeah, nice lad. But, you know, anyway. Well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he can bring some insight. Um, I think he'll be better than Michelle Wee which there's been a lot of chat about her getting involved um, for some reason. I also, we, we haven't for a couple of weeks talked about the. Uh, Bubba Watson, bell end of the week. Um, I think we have to kind of give it to Pat Reed, we Pat. I'm fine with that. You know? Yeah. Getting called out. Mike's shaking his head, but... He won the tournament, and we're giving the bell end, so... Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> That's we... what we think of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, it's a, it's, a, it's a great way of linking to our next section, Advice for Amateurs uh, for, for the old sports psychology, where Matt actually made the point this guy is winning tournaments and he's the most hated you know, villain in the game. He practices, he cheats, doesn't get caught, <laughs> he wins. What's not to like? <laughs> yeah. Four! First of all, Matt, I'd like to thank you for coming on today. I, I guess the convention was the second reason you're in California. The first reason was to be on the Real Life Carry podcast, correct? Uh, you've always been good at guessing. Oh, 50% of the success rate? Yeah. 50% wrong. 50% wrong, okay, go on. Um, now, obviously, here, what what we've done is we've actually created three or four scenarios. We're going to give Matt a scenario. First one's going to be, uh, you got a birdie putt for, from three feet, but you three-putt it, you walk away with a with a bogey. How how do you deal with that? Right? How, the, the, the sort of, the bad shots, how does a golfer deal with these bad shots? Um and it's, it's for the listener to be able to walk away and hopefully take two or three techniques that you can give them mentally to then improve their game. Okay, so uh, for me, it's about being... Everything's about being in the moment. You hear that a lot. But it's about, as you're playing, enjoying it. Listening to the birds in the background. I'm looking at the trees, the grass. Enjoying the whole, the whole event. It's an expensive thing. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And... To enjoy it, you want to play your best. To play your best, you prepare for it. Because you prepare at home, you visualize. Visualization is a powerful, powerful tool. Your brain's made up of a circuitry we've spoken about. You know, you've got good circuits going on when you're feeling good and anxieties. When you have anxieties, the circuitry gets a little bit messed up. So I consider myself a little bit of an electrician. I fix circuits. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to create a circuit here today. I'll give you an example 
of how I work with people. So you can join in. In fact, guys, if you don't mind trying to join in with me, it's a controlled breathing, if you can do that. Control and maybe breathing. try that back at home where you're listening. So you want to get in the moment. You want to visualize at home. And you want to think about this day ahead. It's going to be a day of pleasure. So get that there straight away. If it's going to be a day of pleasure, you want to bring your A game to the day. We want to remember what it feels like to be good when we're under pressure. So let's concentrate on this feel, feeling good. When you're ready, I want you to take a deep breath. And when you've taken that breath and you've let it out, just notice how you feel, where you feel it in your body and how relaxed it makes you feel. And you're going to remember this feeling. I think I think Neil's fallen asleep. Oh, yeah. what? Hey, I think I went under a trance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's not relaxed. <laughs> and so and so okay, you mark that. You remember that feeling. And then you're walking up to the into up to the tea. You say take it coming off the first tea there, you're walking up to the tea, you're having a look at the grass, you're listening to the sounds, the smells, all these things ground you. And as you put the tea in the ground, you remember that feeling and you breathe out. Then you address the ball. You look at the size of the ball, you look at the back of the ball, you focus on it, slowly moving your eyes to where you visualize it's going to land. Then you take your swing, keeping your eye on the back of the ball. Now this gets you in the position all the time because if you don't prepare, by the time you get to uh, the, the, the golf course and you're going to play, um, your mind starts wondering. And if you don't control it, it'll control you. So be prepared, be in control. Okay. Good tips, I like right. that. Yeah. Well, actually, Johnny Miller, he he once said that his his best practice um, was preparation in airplanes, and he would actually visualize his round of golf while he was traveling. So that's it's almost exactly what you wake up in bed, traveling, prepare, visualize. Sure, he's he's going to a, a, an event. He a course he already knows, so he knows exactly how he's going to play the course, and mm -hmm. he's already then played it internally mm -hmm. before he even arrives the practice round, right? Right, so um, yeah, and what Johnny Miller uh, wouldn't have known then, because he wouldn't have had the science then, is that this circuit we talk about, this electric current that runs around your brains that makes these um, circuits and the way you behave. Um, when you take scans now, modern scanners, they will note the electrical current that lights up even when you visualize to the same level as when you're playing. So you can create the, uh, this, this, this pattern in your brain, and it's proven to be scientifically effective interesting okay uh next one nearly it's to do what pre-shot routine yeah well like i always thought a really important thing with kind of tapping in more into the subconscious more internally was always having the same pre-shot routine mm -hmm. mine, yes. mine is basically i just i make a few swings i'm always trying to feel relaxed relaxed arms uh take take the same procedure to to the ball every time so by the time I get to the ball, I'm, I'm really not thinking about much. I'm not a great visualizer myself, but uh, I'm more kinesthetic. I, I, I play by feel. Yeah. But I, I thought that was always a good trigger trigger it, mechanism. Yeah, it, it's a similar thing. Yeah, it's a similar thing because you're visualizing it every time and you're making that path though deeper and deeper and deeper like a track. Yeah. So so I guess the question is, how important is a pre-shot routine? You watch PGA Tour, you watch the, the LPGA Tour, if you do. Neil, I know you do. Oh. Uh, you watch any... Professional golfers, they all have a pre-shot routine, a bit like uh, a place kicker in American football. Uh, High jumper. Yeah, they have yeah. they have a routine. See them in Should amateurs, regardless of handicap, if they're a scratch or if they're a 36, 
pre-shot routine that matters. How much is it going to cost you? Nothing. So why wouldn't you do it? And you get the pleasure out of the day because what it's in doing is it's cutting out the possibilities of when you're not organized being disorganized. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, that said, let's keep the pre-shot routine to like 10 seconds, <laughs> not a full minute. Uh -huh. I've had some people, they take like oh, 15 practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like, just stop it. All right. Well, actually, the ball. Matt made a really good, I was talking with him earlier on about this. Uh, Jack Nicholas, they reckon he obviously most major wins ever from a golfer. He had an ability to talk to the players, his caddy, to even talk to people in the crowd, but he had an ability with the 30 seconds before he hit a golf shot, he could completely get inside his own box, his own focus. You'll see a lot of people now, even at the AT&T a couple of weeks ago, the pros, hands in the pockets, walk down the fairway completely on their own. You think that's, you think that's a really bad idea? Correct? Yes. So, uh, you know, we're talking about this being present because you're not being overwhelmed by events by kicking in this anxiety, this adrenaline that comes from your uh, amygdala part of the brain, mm -hmm. which we share with animals, fear of flight. You want to keep that out the way there. Now, if you've got too much time in your hands to be thinking about what's happening down the fairway there, you know, we're coming down to the 17th, 18th, and, and, and you're starting to worry, starting to panic. If you're talking to someone, if you're engaged in conversation with what's happening right now, you're not thinking about what's going to happen mm -hmm. because you're engaged in listening, the crowd around you. And in the case of our little cheap friend earlier, you know, he's engaged because he's been booed down there and he's, he's, he's on it. So he's present and he's listening. So they're actually helping him. Uh, Lee, Trevino, Lee Trevino, very good at that. Always engaged, always bantering. Yeah. You know, golf, it takes five hours, sometimes six in those pro-am events, but you only have to concentrate for, you know, four or five seconds a shot. Yeah. So you got a lot of time on your hands in between. If you're filled up with bad thoughts, anxiety, by the time you go over the ball, you're unsettled and your 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 physical ability to hit the ball is, is, is less. With any kind of – people get into meditation or get into uh, even breathing, deep breathing, specialized breathing. All these things get you focused. And the thing is, is when you're living in the present, you cannot um, – mentally have the capacity to be anxious about anything because that's thinking about the future you're thinking about the past things that aren't real letting the brain get in the way of what your body's trying to do the goal for me is to let the the body rule the mind not the other way around yeah don't don't let the the mind freeze up the physical body to to perform right yeah uh, yeah absolutely because it'll only confuse us yeah absolutely i like that it's okay so all, all golfers out there a pre-shot routine <clears throat> visualize listen a great one i use is when you uh i'm about to play a shot if i'm getting a bit nervous um i i, I visualize and I, I get fun out of it i use different different characters men and women and sometimes what what, what i'll do is i visualize the person i visualize how they look i visualize what makes them uh successful how they stand the energy they have the level of focus i study them physically and then mentally, I step into them. I use their, I steal their energy. I steal their focus and I steal their talent. And I imagine looking out of their eyes, how they feel, how confident they feel. And then uh, it's amazing how that feels. Try that one. Think of someone you, you admire. It doesn't have to be a golfer. Think of someone you admire. Greatly study how they stand, how they carry themselves, the comportment, their energy, the focus, their, their uh, talent. Then Physically imagine stepping into their body and notice how you feel, how they stand, 
how that feels and look out of their eyes and play their shots. Harvey Weinstein. Yikes. Yikes. Um, okay, we'll move on to the next one. Which <laughs> I think you probably should. <laughs> Let's just pass on that one. We can work on that one, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, in my office. Yeah. Right. It's going to take years of years. Uh, years we, we have time. Years of health. <laughs> he's a great. He's got a really oh, good shot. Great guy. Good guy. Yeah. Great oh, guy. Great guy. Dealing with bad. Temper, good in the bunker. We we deal with people every single week bad temper now again you just said it a lot of time a lot of money this is something you've chosen to do you don't do it for a living and you want to be the best you can but let's be honest people out there with a bad temper how, how if you there's a lot i know a lot of people listen to this and i know a lot of them have a really bad temper how can how can they deal with that is there anything is that something you need to go actually see a psychologist about? I, I deal or, i deal with a lot of people with with um unwanted behaviors um, and uh, issues, uh, presenting issues which um, which are tiring, you know, and completely uh, ineffectual for their lives. Uh, they take up energy. Things negative, things like anger, takes up a lot of energy. It achieves nothing, and ultimately the only person who gets punished by anger is the person who's angry. Or the caddy. <laughs> I, I haven't met you guys. I can kind of understand that kind of level of anger. But so the thing is, what you do is you go, okay, well, that anger shouldn't be a part of me. It's not part of my golf game. And so um, uh, you want to take a third man approach on this, a third person approach. Step out of yourself, look at yourself and go, that's not me. Leave that at the hole. I've paid to enjoy myself here. Yeah. And, and 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 it's, it's disassociation. It's called. Okay. And that's where we'd use that for other idea, other areas of uh, my treatments as well. Is you step away from the the unwanted behaviour, and you say that's how I used to be. That's not what I am now because I know it's no good for me. And you leave that character at the hole there. Uh, probably another good thing you could do there is show your uh, clients uh, videotapes of uh, Bryson DeChambeau having a little <laughs> five-year-old tantrum on the creek. <laughs> like. Well, Wow, that, that guy's a jackass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's how <laughs> you I look. Do that? Yeah, yeah, no, he's good. You. I mean, that's great because you know, actually, uh, you know, you're talking, and we're talking here now. And actually, what's an interesting statistic is communication is only seven percent verbal, which, I th- if you think about it, is crazy. But visual visualization is an amazing thing, and watching things is a deterrent as well. Yeah. Shit, was I like that? Yeah, exactly. I, I change yeah. those numbers. I'm much more than seven percent. I talk a bit more than the uh, normal person, so All right. I'm uh, up in the 30s. Yeah, you're probably right on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Sir Blab a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Blab a lot. Uh, Knighted. <laughs> so oh. we move on. Next one. I guess, kind of, they, all, they all sort of interact because um, you're going reacting to hitting a bad shot. That kind of covers the we already talked about with the birdie putt. Negative thoughts, myself and Neil are always carrying for people. You you hand them a club and then you say, okay, just stay away for that right edge of the green and they go, oh, blah, 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 the ocean. What about the ocean? And you go, no, we didn't. I never mentioned ocean. Yeah, we were talking about what it is to the green. Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about where it is the bunker. Okay, so, so again, what we're touching on there is um, they haven't visualised, they haven't prepared for it. And so their mind's gone immediately for the negative there because they haven't prepared for it. Oh. And so they've already, their mind's gone, okay, we're going straight into that water. They're already set up. They're, they're, they've done it. They've, they've pre, yeah. pre, you know, they've visualised it. Yeah. And so they've, they've, you know, that old circuitry in the brain there, they've illumined, they've lit up that circuit, um, which is a last-minute adjustment, which is actually, no, we're going in the water. Yeah. yeah. And it's like with close putts as well. 
I prepare a lot. I do the long games good, you know, long putting games good, three foot putts. Woo. Yeah. I just get on with it. I can't miss that. Ooh, yeah. Oh, there's something inside you going, oh, do you know what you just missed? Yeah. Even before you've had the shot. That's my nemesis. I can I can do everything great, but occasionally I'll just miss the, the short putt. And it's just because I'm not doing the same stuff I do to perform the other shots. So you've got so to look thinking, at it. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Yeah. Of, how do I make this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, it's that's it. So simple, but it's just something that would need well, to be practiced. It, it, and 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 you've you've been doing it for years because you've created that circuit. Now here's the thing that's interesting: when 95% of that circuit's great, um, why would you change it all for five percent? Yeah, but you may as well just you know not bother anything. Yeah. So uh, it's like people have a slight behavioural problem. They'll say, uh, "Well, generally my life's quite good. You know, my wife's hanging in there, even though she's been, I've had to lock her in room downstairs for six years." <laughs> 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 but, but she hasn't left yet. Why would I change my behavior? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I bucked the trend there, though, because I can make everything. I miss short pots, but I think I can make everything. Is that a, pl- a problem with? That's maybe? disillusional. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> self-love or... Yeah. Nothing or wrong with that. Overconfidence. <laughs> no, if, if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't matter. That's what's, yeah. what's not to like about well, that. The, the one thing that people need to realize is you're you're gonna three putt, you know. Yeah, just sure. because you have these this preparation, it's visual. It's a numbers game, isn't it? You are gonna improve. Hey, listen, we, you know what's great about the whole thing is we're not robots, and so you've got to have an emotional flow. Um, it's better to do it off the golf course, though. Yeah, and that, on, that's Neil. always been a, a theme for me. Is golf's not a game of perfect, right? You can you never not gonna even hit that many perfect shots. Mm-hmm. It's a game. Mm-hmm. You hit and you miss some shots. You hit some shots. It's a game. Go play the game. Try mm-hmm. to make a putt. Try to make a chip. Enjoy yourself. One last thing, actually, it was a scenario that happened at the uh, the weekend. There's a guy called Tim I was caring for, and his wife is called Donna. I did tell Tim that he would get called out on this. He second hole. He's in a bunker. He say it's a thirty yard shot. She's about six yards left of the pin, uh, slightly off the green, waiting to hit her shot. And he barks at her. He goes, hey, move! You know, and she moves three yards more. Then he skulls it, or he doesn't He doesn't get it out of the bunker. Uh, and he starts blaming her, which is clearly not her fault. I try to say to him, listen, if you're not happy with where she's standing, ask her to move further away, step away, you know, there's a lot of people out there. We get blamed all the time for bad shots. And it's got nothing to do with us. And you know, how would you help somebody, a golfer, deal with that? Is that deeper than just yeah, on the golf be course? Like a carryover from regular life, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, the, 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 that's the guy's fault all the way through there. Um, so sorry, Tim, it's your fault, mate. So. Uh, and he's angry at himself. That's the thing. He's, he, he's deflected his anger. And as, uh, as you say, he's probably carrying out. That's carried on from different parts of the, the, the relationship, probably. Okay. Oh. Marriage counselling? Well, there you it. go. Too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, throwing your chips. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so, so really what I'm getting from all this is, is more about preparation uh, via visualising what you're doing. Relaxation, enjoyment. Hey, also, always enjoyment, and uh, sometimes it's difficult to notice within yourselves what the flaws are, whatever it is within us all. Um, all you can do with golf 
is you can uh, you can visualize the game you're going to play and try and leave the rest of your personality on the outside of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, lovely. Well, hopefully that's helped uh, a lot of the listeners take some of those tips, use them, don't abuse them, and uh, hopefully you improve. If you do try some of these techniques, you know, get in contact if it helps your game, and we'll share that in a, in a future episode. Now we're going to move on to notable mentions, the mailbag, and a potential update on uh, Gibby Gibbler. Four! With all that being said now, uh, I think it's probably worthwhile asking all the, the listeners to visualise sending out the podcast to four or five friends because, uh, hey, that might work. No, 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 no. It's interesting. <laughs> Life is strange, Neil. Life is strange, buddy. Um, Always. It's time to, to have a look at the uh, the mailbag. And we had Jimmy Roach. Jimmy Roach, what are you? Well, yes. Yeah. Composer Jimmy. composer of uh, Life is Strange. Love the, it. The outro music. So great, great musician. He Thanks, was, Jimmy. He, he he thinks season two is much better than season one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Kind of. He did say it's not just because of life is strange. Uh, probably has something to do with it. <laughs> but uh, he sends his wishes. He's uh, he's, he's absolutely stoked. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, listen to episode one and two. Uh, Jimmy and Neil are old friends from Germany. Yep. Jimmy lives in Thailand now. Yeah, playing at the little, little beach bar there. Probably living a pretty good life right now, is my guess. It's interesting. We I was looking at the statistics of the podcast over the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to give you about, give me three guesses. Four, four guesses. Four guesses. All right. The most, the the, the um, place in the world with the most listens to our podcast is, is where. Okay. Four well, four guesses. Uh, I could give you ten thousand. I don't think you get it. Um, should I should get this right? Okay. Uh, for sure, number one guess Monterey, right? Wrong. <laughs> uh, Carmel. No. Mm. L. A. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two more. It's not California. Okay. It's not uh, California. I'll go uh, Crockett, Texas. Cro- Will Holcomb's hometown. <laughs> What's up, Will? Yeah. <laughs> Shout uh, out to Will Holcomb. No, not not Crockett. Matt, you want to chime in? Uh, Birmingham. <laughs> we'll try it again. We can't hear you. <coughs> Birmingham. Birmingham. Alabama or? Warwickshire. Yeah, no. Neil, one more go. On you go. Uh, Scottsdale. No, wrong. Damn it. Anchorage, Alaska. What? Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> Alaska. Has the most people listening uh, of one location in the whole world. Oh, that's crazy. So, but it is kind of making sense. It's uh-huh. it's dark twenty four hours up there. <laughs> they do like to drink. <laughs> and they are Siamese twins. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've got a lot of time to listen to podcasts up there. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, Anchorage. So, yeah, shout out. Thank you, Anchorage. Um, I, I know a couple of people up there. Road trip? Uh, <laughs> Let's drive up there. How many, how many months would it take to drive there? It would be good to do a podcast from Anchorage, but I know what. I know what. Um, oh, awesome. Hunter and Ed are up there, but that's two. Okay. The, num- the numbers just don't add up unless. How many people are listening there? Like a, oh, it's, it's, plus of twenty or something. Fifty, really? to Sixty wow. individual. All well, right. but you know it. what? Maybe maybe Hunter and Ed are just like listening to it on repeat, <laughs> on, on a loop. That's uh, awesome. Uh, some other things from uh, the mailbag. Um, the guy called Paul H from New Jersey. He says, "Why do you guys keep on having a go at David Duval?" Answer? Well, because he shouldn't be playing golf. He should be doing what he's good at, announcing. Yeah. yeah. Right? 
Let's just say what it is. He was the world number one at one point. He is no longer the world number one. He comes to the 18, well, he goes to Port Rush last year and embarrasses himself. Let's be honest. What would he, 90s? Then he goes, comes to the AT&T. Yeah. He takes up a spot that you or I could have had. Yeah, we could have shot 85 and had fun. Easy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would have enjoyed ourselves, visualized our 85. <laughs> so, I don't know, Paul, that, that's why he's, he's putting himself in the spotlight. So, you know, we. Yeah, nothing, like we said, nothing against the guy. Just hey, stop playing golf. He's great in the golf channel. <laughs> Yeah. So stick to your strengths. Exactly. You know. Um, so I hope we don't have to talk about him again, nope. unless it's in a, a very positive manner. Uh, Kirk Reed out in Arizona, he says, uh, "Love the tune." All right. So it's yeah. "Life Is Strange," getting a lot of thumbs up. Perfect. We also um, have to mention uh, a Mason Ayers out in uh, Virginia. He loves our piece on Gibby. Okay. He says he's really interested. He's actually started, you know, checking out the senior tour. Yeah. Um, it's he, exciting. Yeah. He, <laughs> he loves it because he's got a dog called Gibby. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> I knew there had to be a reason yeah. why you like this segment. Yeah, it's, it's an English <laughs> Springer Spaniel. So uh, we know Gibby, the English uh, Springer Spaniel, is listening with Mason. So all right. um, thanks for that. Uh, oh. Is there any update on uh, old Giblet? Uh, I'm a little bummed out to report. No. Yeah. No. He's still struggling to get in the tournaments. Um, Seriously. So yeah, the, previously he was tenth alternate. Now he's not even an alternate. <laughs> he didn't make the top ten alternates. Uh-huh. It's gonna be tough, I think, for our, our little Gibby Gibby segment this year. Wow. We'll see. Well, we, hey, keep on pushing. Yeah, that's it. So we're still throwing out good vibes to Gibby. We have a free hat to give out. Uh, that goes to again Tom Moeller. Nice. Tom Moeller, I think he's Tom. LA. Tom, you need to get in from? contact with us, I think he's LA. Okay, nice. So or An- right. Anchorage, maybe. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I thought LA was popular, but. Anchorage know. way. So <laughs> basically, we give out a hat to whoever sends out our newsletter to the most number of people, the, the most opens. And Tom, he's, he's won it before, I think. He did? Yeah. That's solid. But he's, he's never he's... claimed his hat. So. You know, you snooze, you lose, Tom. You're only going to get one. So get <laughs> get, You'll get four. Get the Glorified Donkey website. Um, have a look and then choose a hat. Let us know. Get in contact with myself, Neil, or um, Mike. Podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. I think that kind of covers everything, doesn't it? That's about it, buddy. Not, not much else. Uh, um, Matt, what's your name again? Matt, yeah. <laughs> anything you want to add? Yeah, yeah. Visualize me. <laughs> Remember my name. I think Matt's visualizing taking a nap. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say I only flew in last night and it's all beginning to get a bit too much for he's, me. He's fading out. I'm visualizing right. lying down in the sun. Thank, thanks for being here, Matt. Yeah. Hey, thanks listen to your company. Bravo. Great okay. pleasure, guys. Thanks very much. You also can go to the website um, and grab yourself a hat. Okay. Perfect. Cool. And um, yeah. that's we all guests always get a little something, a little mental. Absolutely, they should. Um, as always, uh, keep an eye out for Kirsch's Corner on Instagram, Glorified Donkey, YouTube channel, Facebook, etc. If you want a little bit of entertainment, you can always go back onto the um, Apple podcast. However you listen to this, we, this is season two. So we always encourage people to go back and listen from the start, get a feel for what we're trying to do here. Please, as always, feel free to rate, review. And share the podcast. We will be back uh, 10 days to two weeks with the next installment. But for now, take us out, Jimmy. Hey, man, can you help me with my golf swing? Oh, yeah.
I got this little problem with hooking the ball. Hooking the ball. Maybe you can help me with my problem on a Saturday night. Daddy always told me that I seem so strange. Now I'm working at the driving range, looking for love, doing my scene, trying to get the women to show me their swing. Oh, life is strange, dreaming of the tour and working on the range. Oh, life is I'm a pro, we're gonna let you play We're making you a member of the PGA Couldn't pay the rent, I didn't make the cut I never understand how I missed that putt Oh, life is strange Dreaming of a tour and working on the range Oh, life is strange You're in the hazard Did you pay your, did you, did you, did you, did you, did you pay can I have a mulligan? When do we close? Oh, life is strange. Dreaming of the tour and working on the rain.